What you are about to hear is a performance. It's a fictional creation from the mind of a man in a chair. That's me, by the way. Hello, my name is Dow, and I started recording and publishing the Arcturian Playground back in April 2022 for my own personal entertainment, because these are the kinds of games that I enjoy playing. Games of imagination and extrapolation, games of exploring the scientific nature of life and evolution and human psychology on a cosmic scale, and asking myself, what if? What if? From the imagined perspective of what is. What is? Or at least the part of what is that we haven't quite discovered yet and can only imagine and trust that something at least sort of like that is out there maybe, probably. And who knows, maybe it truly is somehow present even in these fictional games of imagination because what was the longest river in the world before the Nile was discovered? It was still the Nile, right? Even if we didn't quite understand it completely. So what you're about to hear is me talking to myself in character. The character of Omra of the High Council, who was a personality that I have created, a claim which he frequently scoffs at, as my connection point to the Arcturian Collective Thingy, a massive group of wise, compassionate, diplomatic, interconnected minds from gajillions of various life forms that grew out of the Arcturus solar system billions of years before our own solar system was even formed. Now they tell us that we are all woven from the same cosmic thread, and the purpose of life is self-discovery and self-acceptance, and everything is self. So what you're about to hear is a fictional exploration of ideas, and like all fictions, it is also real and deeply meaningful, and you're about to hear it now. channeling, uh, usually you wrap up your day by reflecting upon the inner contents of your mind. We are speaking to the man in the chair who uh, delivers this performance of the Octarian Collective Thingy as voiced by Omra of the High Council at your service. And we are speaking directly to the man in the chair uh, who Normally, when he uh, records these, what would you like to call them? What name would you, man in the chair, like to put on them? The the word transmission is the most... uh, It's the closest to what you feel in this created fiction is happening. That information is being transmitted 
to you somehow from regions deep within you, your own imagination, as it were, and you are uh, passing that information along. Uh, you are transmitting it to yourself by taking thoughts and creating them into a string of words and the number of physical, biological, neurological exercises that must be accomplished in order for you to simply create uh, a word, a single word, let alone many. Uh, th there are processes that would put you to sleep if you were to understand the uh, level of detail, all things that are happening to make this event happen. And you are playing a role in the forming and the shaping of what is being created. That is one of the overarching messages of the Arcturian Collective thingy. We wish to remind you, uh, members of humanity, who are extensions of us, if we are being quite honest, people might ask, why would an extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional race or collective be interested at all in the affairs of humanity? Why would you be interested? Would you? Well, we will ask this question. Would you be interested to travel back into your past and to make friends with a childhood version of yourself and to mentor that version of yourself? Of course, you know yourself well. How well did you take advice from adults when you were a two-year-old child? Two-year-olds especially are quite well known for having a certain type of obstinance which is the beginning stages, depending on where you mark beginning and ending, it is a stage where the child is differentiating itself from the parents and all others around them. And this is part of your cultural process that creates within your adult mind the illusion of separateness. But the mind of a newborn has no such awareness of itself. It has not yet grown and developed. This is well understood, is it not? It is an observable fact. And today we have come in at a different time rather than uh, at the end of the day as the man in the chair is wrapping up his day and reflecting and creating an Arcturian playground episode. He's doing this in the morning, for he had uh, an idea pop into his mind, which, of course, we planted, that deals with consciousness versus perception. Uh, consciousness. And we also wish to uh, acknowledge, once again, in tedious detail, that this creation that the man in the chair is placing forward is fictional. It is not intended to be taken literally. 
Of course, to the mind of the man in the chair, this means different things, he has noticed, uh, than others when he speaks to them of what their conception of a fiction is and what is real, what exists, what is false, what is true, what is not true. Uh, the man in the chair has changed his understanding of these terms quite drastically over the course of his life. And therefore, while the performance itself is a fiction, it is also a true fiction in the sense that it truly exists. It truly has meaning in this world. For certain, for the man in the chair finds meaning in it. If others do not find meaning in it, that is fine. That does not mean that there is not meaning in the world. It simply means that that meaning has not been created within the minds of those who do not find it meaningful. And we are here as uh, extensions of you, uh, the adult versions of you, in a way. But to return to the childhood metaphor for a moment, imagine that a an adult version of yourself in its mid-forties uh, travels back in time to mentor a two-year-old version of itself. How responsive will that two-year-old be? Will the two-year-old even recognize that this adult that is towering over it, that is much larger uh, and stranger, that this is truly itself uh, as it will come to be at some point in the future. And the way that you typically think of yourselves is as a single human body. You do not typically think of yourself as a composite of all of your parts, and the adult version of yourself might have, uh, well, will definitely have the same shape of eye, the same uh, general facial features, for you can compare the photograph of yourself as you are now, anyone who is listening to this, to a picture of your childhood self, and you will see resemblances, but you will also see differences. And from a biological perspective, there is not a single cell in the body of your adult version that was in existence at the time you were a child. For the cells within your body have a, an average life of around seven years, and then the cell dies and it is replaced, and you continue onward with another group, an ever-evolving, changing collective of smaller parts which are being changed in and out, and you are unaware that this is happening, unless, of course, you receive the correct type of education. But this is not directly within your perceptive field. You do not feel the pain or agony of a cell which dies within your body. You do not experience the joy and elation of a new cell being born into existence. And we say the word born 
with a twinkle in our voice. For uh, to be born, you would think of the human way of birthing. But there are, as you can see, and looking across at many forms of life, many different ways of reproducing and being hatched into this world or being uh, divided, uh, subdivided and created anew into this world. There are many different ways that forms of life on this planet reproduce newer, updated versions of themselves. And the same process happens at a microscopic level as well as a macroscopic level. You are integrally... <laughs> we seem to have a problem with this word. <laughs> when we uh, try to nudge the man in the chair to use this word, it comes out strangely. But you are integrally connected to all forms of life. All forms of life are simply other versions of itself that have grown and changed. Nevertheless, what we wish to speak of this morning is the difference between consciousness and perception as understood through the filter of mind of the man in the chair. And we will start large, and we will say that consciousness is the substance of awareness. Any form of awareness is a form of consciousness. And we use the word form uh, because there are many different ways that consciousness is shaped. Many different ways to be aware. And we can use your human body as an example. You have eyes that were designed in a certain way to be aware of the environment around you, to provide you a, a certain aspect of consciousness, a certain type of consciousness, a certain type of awareness, your ears uh, through sound, your taste and your smell and your touch. And there are other forms of awareness that you have that uh, are not quite as apparent to you the sense of time that you have where you somehow can feel uh, it has been about uh, 10 minutes since the last time that I looked at my clock or it feels as if hours have gone by and yet only minutes have that is uh, an expression of your sense of going through time which changes and alters at times when you see this is strange it felt like it took longer than it actually did that that uh, sense of feeling the passing of time and anticipating and expecting the passing of time is a sense it is a product of your human nervous system and a way of perceiving the world around you you have a sense of equilibrium where there is fluid within your ears and this helps you maintain your relationship to gravity as you maintain your balance. You can see when someone has had the fluid in their ear disturbed and they suffer vertigo or dizziness, they are not able to be aware of their own balance as they move through the, f the fields of energy 
on this planet. And when we say moving through the fields of energy, you can understand this if you look at your oceans and you see the fish swimming and you recognize they are in water. And of course, this is a metaphor that has been used many times for reality. You are not swimming in air, but you are immersed in air. And you do not consider this to be an immersion. You simply consider this to be how you are. But as beings, future versions of yourself, which are also current versions of yourself, for, for we are part of your physical energetic fabric, which exists outside and inside of all of the dimensions that you are currently experiencing with your consciousness. But this is where perception comes in to the idea of consciousness, for you are not aware of all things that there are to be aware of. You are not conscious of all things that there are to be conscious of. You are aware of a narrow range. And this narrow range that you are aware of is your perception. There are filters which determine the wavelength of light which you see. They determine uh, how well you are able to hear and how close uh, sound must be to you in order to hear it. There is constantly sound everywhere, but most of it is outside of your range of earshot. For there are people yelling at each other right now, just miles away from you, but you cannot hear it. Uh, if you are lucky, even the person in the home or the apartment next to you, you cannot hear when they are yelling. There are times when uh, you are not so lucky. Therefore, consciousness is a... We cannot say that it is a substance, for that would create an image in your mind which might lead you in a direction that takes you further away from an understanding of the way that we Arcturians in our multi-dimensional uh, shared, uh, for we have many different forms of life which are all uh, common at an energetic level and share energetic uh, we hate to say the word substance we hate to say the word threads but it helps you to understand that there is something to it and it is much closer to the way that your mind works than to anything else that you understand and you do not yet understand but a very small fraction of how your mind's work. But this is, as you come to better understand your own nature, your own mind, you will understand better the workings of existence and of reality. This is what the adult version of yourself is telling to your two-year-old self as you uh, play with your blocks. <laughs> and where the man in the chair finds this distinction particularly valuable is in understanding the relationship between consciousness as a whole and perception as a small fraction of that whole, 
is the, the the things that this man learns about himself as he understands his own limits of perception. Why is it that he perceives the world with his consciousness in the way that he does? What are the filters that feed information to him? And there are, of course, these filters which we previously referred to, the eyes, the ears, and the evolved partitions which are placed uh, to perceive only a certain uh, fraction of reality, but there are also perceptions that are created by uh, patterns of thought which exist in the mind. The mind is something that the brain does. The mind is one thing that the brain does. The brain does many things. And creating this conscious mind, this repository of available information for you to access and choose from which is information which is most practically relevant for your basic survival and this is how you evolved and you evolved brains which maintain a certain range of conscious memory you are, are not consciously aware of all of the uh, all of the experiences that you have ever had and the man in the chair is pausing as he is listening to what we are saying here because he recognizes that the word consciousness has been used many times in this speech and he is wondering if the definition of consciousness is consistent with each, with each usage and his mind is now uh, straying away from the transmission, the stream of transmission that we provide to him, and he is creating his own impulses on uh, things that he wants to better understand. And we are watching him do it, we are describing it for him to recognize that this is what he is doing, and for anyone else who is listening to understand why the channeling message flows in and out and it uh, meanders and it wanders around it is a result of the tug of war which is occurring within the mind of the man as he is creating this performance at times he allows himself to become lost in the words and he simply speaks without thinking of what he is saying and there are other times when he listens quite carefully for he is very interested in hearing what comes when he opens up and begins this performance uh, when he listens uh, closely in, so closely that his habits of inquiry kick in and he begins to move away from uh, where he previously was. Which is one way in particular that his own filters, uh, systems of perception have been conditioned over time. For as you understand that perception is created by your biology for their is genetic information within the nucleus of every cell in your body which contains the raw data for your system of perception it allows your body to know how to create your eyes and the system which allows you sight and 
ditto for all of your other senses. There is genetic information which determines the filter of all human shared perception. There are also the mechanisms which allow you to maintain a record of the things which you experience in your life. And the vast majority of this data, the impressions that have been made upon your nervous system, are stored within your bodily vehicle. And this is outside of your conscious awareness. And this is where the word consciousness can become tricky, for there is consciousness, awareness, that you, your body, has that your mind, your egoic mind, the part of you that is narrowly aware, is not aware of. So there is consciousness that is embedded within consciousness, and it is the mechanism of perception which allows that embedding to take place. And it is from the... uh, We have previously referred to this as a pinching, where consciousness is pinched, and uh, there is a certain channel through which reality is perceived. But it is not only a channel through which reality is perceived, it is also a channel through which reality is created. For you, each person, impacts the world around you. And that impact is the force of creation. Uh, Just as a two-year-old might work with Play-Doh and might develop the skills of uh, reaching into uh, a can of Play-Doh, for that is what this man in the chair had as a child, small little yellow cans with plastic lids. And he would reach in and he would pull out the Play-Doh and he would mash it and roll it and make different shapes with it. And as he grew older, and he practiced his playing with the Play-Doh, his ability to uh, manipulate this substance and to create it into various shapes, it increased. For what was happening in his brain, there were neurons which were communicating with other neurons, they're firing and wiring, and the more frequently neurons communicate with each other, the stronger the link of communication becomes between them. And over time, through practice and through repetition, uh, neurons bind together in what is called neural pathways. And these neural pathways, if you were to perceive them, they might you might be able to perceive them in a way that would look like varicose veins, uh, which are channels of communication within the structure of your brain. Now, all of this is happening in a space that is smaller than the tip of a pin in most cases. Uh, There is such tremendous, concentrated, intelligent energy. And these neurons themselves have a form of consciousness, which is a form of awareness, which allows them to fire and wire. It allows them to communicate with each other. And... The man in the chair has begun to try, at least. He does not maintain this awareness uh, 
consciously very often, if we are being honest, but he is trying to increase this through the art of uh, creating new neural pathways, the practicing of the playing with Play-Doh. This channeling of the Arcturian playground is the equivalent of playing with Play-Doh and developing skills and developing new neural pathways for this man. Each cell has its own awareness, as does each bit of everything that makes up every cell. And that awareness, whether it is the awareness of a molecule, or the awareness of an atom, or the awareness of an electron, or the awareness of any piece of existence, you might look at these things and say, these things are not alive. For when I was in school, I was taught that life had these certain characteristics. And if a thing has some of these characteristics, but not all of them, it cannot truly be considered to be alive. It is only something else that we do not understand. And therefore, it takes too much energy to even consider it. Let's uh, push it out of the way and only focus on these range of things that have these characteristics that we will name life and create a category and spread that through the collective consciousness where this is common sense that people understand that there are some things which are living and other things which are inanimate and other things which are dead and there we have three categories to describe all states of existence and doesn't that feel very nice and simple and complete to the human mind you have developed a uh, pattern across some cultures, not all cultures of uh, the human race, where the number three feels very good and it feels very complete and you will structure your words and ideas and organizations and systems into patterns of three in order to feel comfortable. And uh, there are other cultures which uh, use the other numbers like four. Uh, there are cultures that have used seven, cultures that have used ten. And these numbers, these patterns, exist below the conscious awareness, but just below the conscious awareness. And they inform the way that uh, your perception of reality arises. And this understanding of the uh, distinction between consciousness and perception, at least in the way that this man in the chair understands it. This is helpful to him as a way of recognizing that in his artistic desires, and that is art, A-R-T, artistic desires, he is able to be a creator. He is able to shape in small but ultimately significant ways his own mechanism of perception you do have LASIK eye surgery and hearing aids and other technologies which have been created to alter and improve <laughs> if that is how you want to look at it we prefer as much as possible to use words which would consider be considered to be more neutral 
then uh, biased in one direction or the other as a good or a bad thing. Therefore, to make an improvement is a subjective perspective, which is uh, the type of perspective that can be created and can be held. And truly, any perspective that any human being creates is valid, for it is the same uh, process of neurons firing and wiring and connecting with one another. And these neurons form a filtering network of perception that your prior experiences and all of your thoughts and feelings about all of these things become uh, the extruder through which you push the Play-Doh. If the Play-Doh is raw consciousness itself and you place it into a little spaghetti machine and you push down on the lever and now what was once a block of Play-Doh comes out into spaghetti-like strands, you have extruded it through uh, these small channels and consciousness Play-Doh now uh, takes the form of human sight or hearing or thinking or feeling and of course all of these things are reliant upon neurons and molecules and atoms and all of these things which are also themselves conscious beings which have their own type of extruded conscious perception of reality and the benefit to this man in seeing the world this way is it helps him to get away from the narrow way of looking at validity and right and wrong for the way that you have been trained ever since you were and even before you were a two-year-old child is to think of right and wrong as group consensus if perception aligns with others around you you call that right and if your perception does not align with others around you you call that wrong and this over time as your neural pathway your neural pathways evolve in such a way that quite frankly your own internal perception mechanisms can be used against you and are quite frequently used against you and this happens primarily because you are unaware of the relationship between uh, your will and uh, your will which is a <laughs> very complicated we will t- we will spend another time talking about will but will is the ability to make Uh, choices and to shape your experience of reality and your ability to do this is greatly limited by the environment that you live in which is full of distractions of your own creation which are fine there is nothing wrong with any of this you are having valid experiences as you are learning many things at many different levels of your existence. However, there are ways that you can become more consciously, more intentionally aware of how you shape your filters of reality. And as the adult versions of yourself, we recognize uh, 
just as you could not go to a two-year-old version of yourself and say, uh, we, here is a car, get in it and drive it. <laughs> there are many things that, that have to happen. The, the body has to grow where the feet can reach the pedals. And the mind has to be uh, sound enough to be able to focus attention and uh, drive safely. It is not something for a two-year-old. And therefore, your adult version could come and talk to a two-year-old and say that at some point you will be driving a car. And that is very interesting to the two-year-old. And we, by no means, uh, we, we, that the man in the chair can hear many of the voices of his friends in his mind now. This is uh, something that he is creating uh, as the words that we are speaking, he is hearing and being filtered through his own experience. He begins to judge them. And he is hearing the voice of his friends saying, uh, oh, so you are so advanced and we are so uh, not advanced. You are comparing us to two-year-olds and we do not like that. That is so smug, that is so condescending, that is so arrogant. Not necessarily. <laughs> An adult that is taking a young child under its arm out of love and compassion is not being an arrogant braggadocio. If you are interpreting what we are saying in this way, that means that your own filters of mind are sensitive to that sort of thing. You are on the lookout for it. And because you are on the lookout for it, uh, your means of perception are shaped in such a way so that you can easily detect it and one of the challenges that you have uh, as you still are learning and growing into an understanding of your own neurology is that your desire to find something influences the searching mechanism itself and you see false positives or false negatives your confirmation bias kicks in and the thing that you are looking for uh, appears before you whether it is actually there or not it is your own desire to find it for this is how uh, consciousness and perception work together in your mind to create the Again, we do not like the word illusion, for the word illusion makes it sound as if what you are experiencing is less than real and less than valid. Uh, therefore, we hesitate to use the word illusion. The, the way that illusion becomes beneficial is the transitory nature of it and the recognition that what you are seeing is not all there is to see. And if you had the ability to see all that was around you, it would be a very, very different experience. And when we, we say the word see, we mean that generally as perceiving, for there are many, many different ways to perceive reality. And you are not uh, prepared or designed to be able to receive or understand. The man in this chair would like to learn more about his ability to influence the mechanisms of perception through which consciousness both flows into him and out from him. And intentionally, he would like to be more compassionate to others, uh, to develop the ability to, to 
truly put himself into the shoes of another person to imagine, to engage those mirror neurons, which are part of your neurological architecture and allow you the ability to deeply empathize with another person by accessing deep within your own unconscious mind those experiences which you have previously had which are similar to that which the person uh, in front of you is experiencing and if you allow yourself you can recreate the emotions and hold this person in their space and in their suffering uh, and give them their support and allow them the time that they need to heal allowing yourself the time that you need to heal while always at the same time recognizing that whatever you are doing you are becoming better at doing that thing from a neurological perspective. Therefore, the more that you grieve, the better you get at grieving. And by better, what we mean is the easier it is. Like the two-year-old playing with Play-Doh and developing skills and becoming um, easier to roll the clay into a ball or to shape it like a cylinder or to make a triangle shape from it Uh, the more you practice the better you get at doing it and this is the same with complaining about other people this is the same about uh, being blind to one's own responsibility for the experience of the moment and you have concepts in your society such as gaslighting which make it very difficult for many of you to take responsibility and provide a nice outlet for those who would prefer to uh, place uh, the responsibility of their own actions and states of being onto others. If someone is told, what you are telling me is not true, I did not make you feel that way, you made yourself feel that way, you can be accused of gaslighting and might even be cancelled in this culture. So it is very challenging environment to have a conversation about personal responsibility without tempering it with an over-emphasized, if that is even possible, treatise on the values of uh, compassion and equality. And this has been an experiment, uh, recording an Arcturian playground episode in the morning. It has been more of a challenge for the man who is doing this uh, has developed patterns in his mind, neural pathways, that have made it easier for him to do this at a certain time for his sense of timing and his sense of existence. And when he tries something that is new, it is more clunky, for he has not yet developed uh, a smoother way to do this. To 
wrap up this discussion on consciousness versus perception, we know that we could have gone farther in our delineations, but we believe that we have gone far enough. And it is sufficient to say that all things are conscious in their own way. And your perception, which is your filtered fragment of consciousness, is not aware of the vast majority of what exists. Each human being, however, engaged as they are to their own unique perception of reality, has, as a very natural reaction, the sense that they are able to experience everything that there is to experience. We will not end there. We do not want to say that. We are fatigued and we will end we will end with an Arcturian riddle. This was uh, there is a, a species of There, there was a planet, it no longer is in existence. One of the early planets in the early Arcturus solar system, there have been many versions and many different uh, planets which have come and gone within the solar system. And there was an early planet that had a form of life which evolved uh, deep below the surface of that planet and it its environment was what you would consider to be a pocket of lava, although the substance that you would recognize as lava was a, a, a different substance on this planet. Nevertheless, the forms of life which evolved to exist within this lava, the lava was their air. And uh, they had a joke that we will attempt to translate to you right now. They would uh, say to one another and we can not even describe the form to you for uh, if you were to look at it through your human eyes all you would see is uh, a pocket of lava but deep within if you were to get a microscope and look uh, what it might look to you like bacteria uh, would be what these organisms were and they were quite advanced and intelligent and uh, very witty and uh, this is one of our favorite jokes they are a member of our collective for they did uh, attain an awareness of themselves and uh, an awareness of their connection to all things and it was the exploration of self which led to the discovery of the rest of us which are in the collective this is what leads all of us into this collective this and the shared filters of perception that we all have at a collective level where we make choices on what we feel comfortable with uh, in how we perceive reality versus others there are of course other galactic collectives besides the Arcturian collective thinking which have slightly different uh, filters of perception which act like a membrane of sorts around the collective. And nevertheless, we will tell you the joke. Uh, this is the joke from uh, this planet which has no name and the species which has no name. They would say uh, knock knock and the other would say 
who's there? And the other one would say, no one. And uh, the, the other would say, good one. And they all in unison would uh, experience a feeling very quiet like orgasm uh, to you. It was their version of laughter and it brought them all together. And while we uh, do not wish to be inappropriate in any way, we do hope that you experience at least a portion of that feeling yourself at least one time within the next 24 hours. Make it a goal. And these things we say at the end of this, going my 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 me 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 Hello again, this is Dow, the man in the chair who is bringing to you this Arcturian performance. And I would like you to join a growing group of like-minded individuals who are interested in the playful exploration of whatever it takes to create peace, harmony, acceptance, and all of these wonderful things in this world, beginning with our own hearts and minds, whether you believe in Arcturians or channeling or not. So if this sounds like fun to you, come and join me at The Tao of Healing, a free group hosted by Mighty Networks. Go to the website, Arcturian Playground, just Arcturian Playground, no the, Go to the website Arcturian Playground for more information. I hope to see you there. And so does Omra. He really loves listener interactions, you know. And if you'd like to read a book authored by both me and Omra back when Omra was called Quad, go check out Bathing with God, available on Amazon.com. Or go listen to the free podcast also called Bathing with God. Peace be with you. And remember, all is well. Thank you for playing with us today in the Arcturian Playground. Do not for a minute think that your exploration is finished. Carry us with you and invite the spirit of compassion and love into your lives. Nothing is more important or more fulfilling. Create compassion and love within your own hearts and minds. Then share it with all around you. Yes, it sounds weird. We know. We would not have it any other way.
power